We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of, of Bangarangs and Daggers. I'm your co-host, slated out, uh, located out here in the superior eastern time zone in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., Kevin Knight. And with me for this episode, we have a special treat. We have Bucky's fifth quarter staff member, Matt Bells, here to help us break down the game for tomorrow night. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, FYI. The game's on Tuesday evening. How are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. Ready to talk a little basketball. It's it's exciting that uh, we are into basketball full swing now. Most definitely. It is uh, never too early for Big Ten basketball season, in, in my personal opinion, at least. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you guys certainly had quite the season last year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not unfair to say Wisconsin emerged somewhat to the surprise of uh, most of the Big Ten last season to claim a share of the Big Ten title with Michigan State and Maryland. Um, I think the cliche probably overly used to describe the team last year is that they were a greater sum than their parts. Is that something that you think since most of them are back this year? Is, is that a fair description of the mostly returning squad this year? Or do you think the program has more star power than uh, folks give it credit for? I think that's still generally the case. This team is definitely leans on their seniors. Um, that same core group that made most of the plays last year outside of Brevin Pritzel are all back. And really, there's not a go-to guy that it's on a given night, you know, he's going to give you 18 points. Um, and so the Badgers traditionally, you know, they move the ball fairly well and they really rely on each one of those guys kind of stepping up in different times. Um, you know, you look at this last game against Louisville, there was a, a Two guys who took over in the first half, then they didn't do much in the second half, and there was two other guys who stepped up. So that's kind of what you see out of this basketball team. Certainly. And uh, speaking of the schedule, you guys currently sit at 6-1 and one, uh, with d- pretty decent win over Rhode Island, who ranks number 77 in Ken Palm as of today. And he had a close loss to in-state Marquette. Beyond that, I think it's kind of fair to say it mostly looks a little bit like buy games for the most part. And you had the Louisville win, and you guys creamed them on Saturday. But it was was it eight scholarship players that they were down, or was it only seven? I, I never quite caught that. Yeah, they were out seven or eight players, including their top player uh, in the game, which which – you know that Louisville, they came into the game ranked 23rd. They didn't have everybody that comes with that ranking. So I would anticipate that Louisville will be a lot better come season end than what the team that the Badgers took on. Certainly. Uh, so, I mean, looking at the resume, what is, uh, to somebody just looking at the uh, six and one record. What what is the body of work that the Badgers have this season look like uh, to a non Wisconsin fan? You know, what, what's something that that fans should take away from that thus far? I think the big thing is this team has played really well in spurts, but then traditionally like Wisconsin teams um, have had in the past, you look at that Marquette, Marquette game, they just really struggled at getting in foul trouble. And and that's something that has been indicative all season long. They've run into that problem um, in multiple games. And like you said, you can get away with that against a team like Rhode Island. You can get away with that against a team like UW Green Bay or Arkansas Pine Bluff. But uh, against Marquette, a team that 
most likely they should have beaten. And and I think if you play that game three three more times, Badgers probably win at least two of those. So I, I think that's a big thing that when you look at this record, sure, they have a couple nice wins. Loyola look, looks like a team that's going to be fairly good in their conference as well. But but really, you're right. Most of those games were games that they should have taken, taken care of. But you also look at that first game against Eastern Illinois, and they only won by 10 against a team that, that didn't have a starter that was over six foot nine. Interesting schedule to date in that regard. So going along with that theme for a minute as well, uh, you guys have nine players seeing at least 10 plus minutes. Uh, is that kind of the results of playing some of these teams or is uh, something like Ben Carlson's 10 and a half minutes a game thus far, something that you think we're going to see through, through conference play. Do you guys have that kind of depth to see that many minutes uh, around the, the whole team? I'm not, we're not totally sure yet at this point uh, in watching this team. Ben Carlson's played in each of the games except for the last one, and his his minutes really went down, frankly, because he wasn't able to play in that Louisville game. So I would anticipate that the nine in front of him, when you include Trevor Anderson, Tyler Wall, and um, Jonathan Davis off the bench, are your likely um, core rotation. But Carlson's a guy that if you see those foul problems pop up with a guy like Micah Potter or um, Nate Reavers, that he will get a little bit of time. But he's still a freshman kind of uh, cutting his teeth this season. So I don't think you're going to see him play nearly as much against Nebraska. Okay. And uh, so here's the fun part of my my questions for you. Um, What is your over-under for moving screens and blocks that ninth-year senior Brad Davison will get called his way anyways, despite the fact that he's clearly not set or moving his feet? At least five. Uh, it's, it's, it's a walking joke at this point because he's constantly going for them. Um, and, and you even saw that part of the reason that the Badgers lost against Marquette was that Demetric Trice went for one of those um, as well, and it ultimately cost them the game because um, it sent Marquette to the line. But, yeah, Brad Davison is it's constantly going for um, the, the charge. He gets it from, from time to time, but, but at the same time, he's going for that probably at least three times a game. So with that, I'm going to guess five. Okay, that's fair. I, I really did hate seeing that it was Trice who got that. I mean, obviously, uh, as the listeners know, I'm I'm an MSU guy, and obviously uh, Trice's brother is an MSU uh, alum. So I, I hated to see that it was Trice instead of Davison. Um, obviously, I'm like the rest of the Big Ten, and I'm, no offense, I can't wait until he graduates in the year 2030 and we can finally stop talking about him and watching him take those charges that he's clearly not set for. But um, continuing in the, in the fun theme for a second, though, uh, what's, what's a more boring, eye-gouging basketball team to watch, Wisconsin or Virginia? Ooh, that is really close. Um, you know, I, I remember back when those two teams played a few years ago and it was like 38, 35. In the final minute, so um, I would a- actually have to go with Wisconsin. You look, you look at um, what the the Badgers have been, and they, their brand of basketball has changed based off of the talent that they have. You look at their final two final four runs, and they actually had some talent around them and some bona fide scores that they could turn to. So you saw them get up and down the court. You Virginia. Similarly, when they've had talent can do that. Um, but I think that Virginia is more willing to do that on a, on a given basis. Um, and that Wisconsin, when, when 
you know, the going gets tough. They really shell down and it's like, we're going to run the swing until the last four seconds of the shot clock. And then our point guard's going to jack up a three. It sounds about accurate to me. <laughs> uh, but, uh, okay. Get, getting back serious for a second though. Uh, Big 10 looks to be just as deep more or less as it was last season. Uh, what, what do you guys think moving forward is the expectations for Wisconsin and who do you think, is going to be the uh, who's going to be the Big Ten champs at the end of the season? By all means, you can pick uh, tied as well. But um, you know, do you think it's going to be twenty nineteen all over again, or nineteen uh, twenty all over again for twenty twenty one, or do you think it's going to be one team above everybody else? I do think it's going to be very similar to last year. I, I think the Badgers are going to be in the thick of things till the very end. But I, but I think you look at Michigan State outside of that loss. I'm sorry to to bring that up against um, Northwestern yesterday. They still look look the part of a team that's going to be um, vying for a conference title. You also look at a team like Iowa, who who got smacked by Gonzaga, but at the same time they have the best player potentially in the entire country and Illinois, you look at their roster from top to bottom and, and they might have the best starting five of anybody. So I, I think you're looking at, it's going to come down to the very end. I, I should have mentioned Rutgers as well. Cause I think that they're making a nice push and they're going to be a tough team as well. So you look at it, it's up in the air at this point. I anticipate that it'll be very similar to last year where it's going to come down to that final weekend and it's going to come down to um, head to head matchups late in the year. So for a team that can play defense, if Iowa faces them in the final game, what you're saying is Iowa is going to once again under Fran McCaffrey fall short of a Big Ten conference title, aren't they? Uh, I I will always pick against Fran McCaffrey because he puts himself in situations that hurt his team from time to time. So I, I think you look at Iowa and they have the talents to no doubt get there. But at the same time, I, it's it's hard to pick for that team to live up to expectations when they haven't necessarily done it in in the past ten years. Yeah, and I mean just that. I'm sorry, that defense against Gonzaga was just. I I I agree, Gonzaga is number one in the country. But I mean, come on, the just they didn't even try half the time to shut down the transition or anything. It's like, you guys can't just outscore your opponent and you can't dig yourselves into a hole like that. No matter how hot shot you are at shooting. Like it's just, ah, it was, it was painful to watch as, as much as I enjoy watching Iowa fall flat on their face by all means. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't let a, an opposing team, no matter how good they are at, sh- at a sh- as a shoot as shooters, shoot 50% from three and, and just nail everything. It wasn't even close. Um, and what Iowa was doing, they were clearly just trying to run and gun, trying to score as much as they could with Garza. And, and that'll win you most of your games because Garza and, and the talent around him is that good, but you're not going to be able to do it against the number one team in the country. Most definitely. Um, and uh, just kind of taking a quick peek at the middle of the conference, um, who, who do you think stands out so far on the season? Um, obviously, we have Ohio State has the win over Notre Dame. Uh, Penn State has that a kind of impressive win over Virginia Tech, really. Um, Indiana struggled against Indi- uh, Texas, got creamed, really. But uh, Purdue, you know, who, who stands out as the teams that are going to be the uh, – the ones that you can't really underestimate. I think right now you got to look in the state of Indiana to both Purdue and Indiana because 
you 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 think of what Purdue has been these this past decade, and they've been very consistent. They've been a very good team that you can turn to. There's been a lot brewing there that they've lost some players. There's been some some you know transferring out, but at the same time, Matt Painter usually has that team playing really well. And then Indiana, uh, on any given night, they have the talented players that can go out and and win you a game if they just put the team on their back. You know, Trace. Jackson Davis is legit. Uh, you saw him play that uh, Florida State game, dropping twenty-five and seventeen. That's that's no joke. You know, I know they they lost in that game, but that's the type of performance that uh, you can oftentimes, if you're getting that on a given night, you're going to win the game more often than not. Certainly. Um, so, getting back to uh, kind of the conversation on Wisconsin and Nebraska, now that we've kind of taken a look around the Big Ten. Um, obviously, when Greg Gard started, it wasn't quite the immediate success, I think, that uh, Badger fans would have appreciated by by any means. I mean, in particular, the NCAA tournament streak ending. Ed, would you say his seat got a little bit warm, maybe maybe even hot for a brief moment there? And how are you guys liking him at this point? I mean, Big Ten title last season, uh, probably pretty pretty happy, right? Yeah, I think I think last year really um, quieted a lot of doubters. You, you look back at what Greg Gard was inheriting. He inherited a, 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 some upperclassmen that were really talented. When when you saw Bronson Koenig, you saw Nigel Hayes, and those and that was the, the main um, crux of their team. You had a younger budding star in, in Ethan Happ, but then you looked around them, and there wasn't much there. Um, the the class right before he came in completely flopped. It was five scholarship players. And really the most productive player they got out of that was Brevin Pritzel. And he's a guy who really didn't start making an impact until later in his career. And even then was, uh, a, a, wasn't even a, a for sure starter by the end of his career. So I, I think, you know, he's done a really good job of improving the talent coming in here recently. Um, you look at a young player like Jonathan Davis getting a lot of playing time this year. Um, and, and, you know, Nate Reavers, Brad Davison, that entire class um, was, was, was basically Greg guards um, second recruiting class where he put together a nice group. Uh, I think the, the seat has gotten a lot cooler. People are, are excited to have him around They're They're trusting what he's doing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, things were pretty tumultuous there at the beginning and, and people were, were clamoring for potential changes even as early as last year at the beginning of the season, when there was clearly stuff going on um, off the court, when you saw Kobe King, um, transfer. I know Nebraska fans will know that name as well. Um, and and you looked at everything that happened in the offseason um, with with the coaching staff. So I, I think most people have come around on great guard, but but I think some of the criticism early on was was uh, warranted, but also part of that was also based off of what Bo Ryan left him um, compared to what Bo Ryan had the previous couple of years. Certainly, we we almost had two Kobe's until we didn't in this year's incoming class. There, uh, that that would have been fun for us. But uh, so I, I bring that up because obviously Hoiberg's entering his second season, and seven wins in the first season was hardly even with the cobbled together roster situation and the amount of turnover and uh, position the program was going to be in anyways under miles uh, had he been brought back i a little bit interested in in your take you know uh, what what do you guys think of of hoiberg after year one going into year two 
Um, you, any particular comments, thoughts you, you might want to add for, for Husker fans from an outside perspective in the quadrangle of hate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Hoiberg is a great coach. Um, I, I think it's going to take a little bit of time um, to, to kind of retool the, the team to what he envisions them to be. Um, I always look back to, to his um, time at Iowa State. One of my best friends is a huge Cyclones fan, so I'm, I'm pretty well uh, acquainted with Hoiberg's career. And, and he, he was, I mean, he was a God around there for what he had done around Ames. So I, I think you look at it, he's going to hit the transfer market really hard. And, and you're already seeing dividends with that with a guy like Teddy Allen. So I, I think um, really this team can, can become um, a lot better. It's just going to take time. I, I'm not certain that it's going to, their Nebraska is going to hold out time to give him the, you know, the five years that it might require. But at the same time, I, I think he is a good basketball mind. Uh, it, I, I do think, though, that bat, the defensive end is, is where Nebraska is going to have to improve upon to, to really make gains in the conference because you look at everybody else in the conference and they're banging the hell out of each other. And, you know, Hoiberg's system is let's score some points. What, you mean a team needs to actually rebound in the Big Ten to succeed? <laughs> I, yeah. I, I say that somewhat joking. People know I'm, I'm a big proponent of Hoiberg, but a, a critic of the team's lack of rebounding prowess. So uh, I, I think I can get away with saying that without them yelling too much at me. But no, I, I, I think that's a, a great perspective on, on that. And um, yeah, for the love of God, just rebound. I mean, I'm, I'm a Tom Izzo acolyte, so, you know, Run the wardrobe, man. Rebound. Do do something for the yeah. Club. Do the do the little stuff to just win the games and and I will say one thing. You know, looking towards this game, the Badgers have had plenty of times where they have struggled um, on in rebounding as well, and and that was something that that has popped up not only last year for large chunks, but also this year. You looked at that. I talked about them barely beating Eastern Illinois. They got out rebounded by that Eastern Illinois team whose whose tallest uh, player was six foot nine and he played ten minutes. So it's not something that's just isolated to Nebraska basketball at times as well. Most definitely. Uh, all right. So that that brings us to the final question uh, for this. What's the score prediction for tomorrow night? Are the Huskers gonna be like? Well, I mean, Rutgers didn't really upset Illinois. Technically, they did, but I think. Uh, most people are under our thing. Are, are we going to pull a Northwestern with you guys, or uh, is there there simply no hope? There's definitely hope. Um, I I look at this game and I, and I think that Wisconsin is is the favorite going into this game. I would be surprised if if um, Nebraska fully won this game. I expect it to be close though. I expect that Nebraska will um, could even jump out to a lead early on the Badgers. Wisconsin has struggled in the beginning of, of games um, except for that Louisville game which they just kind of never uh, took their foot off the pedal. So I, I think if um, Nebraska can come out and, and punch Wisconsin in the mouth, they, they're going to be able to keep this game close throughout. But if Wisconsin gets off to a hot start, I don't see um, this going Nebraska's way. So I think the Badgers will win, but I do think it'll be a little bit closer. I would guess that this game goes something like uh, 75-63 uh, with the Badgers winning. Okay. All right. 
I think I'd probably pretty much copy that. I, I might give Nebraska 66 and Wisconsin 74, I, I think, uh, just to be a little bit different on, on that. But I, I, I uh, generally pretty good um, or pretty much in agreement with you on that. So, um, again, thanks for coming on. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, certainly for any listeners out there, be sure to check out Bucky's fifth quarter for some great Wisconsin coverage. I'm sorry, Wisconsin coverage. Did I get that right? Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Thanks for all of our listeners. Uh, As always, please subscribe. Be sure to download and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you prefer. That way you won't miss any of our uh, special episodes and you'll get all the other great Coronation Radio podcasts as well. And be sure to follow us on Twitter for all the latest Nebraska ball and Husker action at Bangs and Dags or myself at Sparty on Huskers. I'll leave a review, Apple Podcast app, in the comments on the article, you know, what have you. And as always, please listen and share. If you don't feel like subscribing, you can still listen in the player below in the article, and we always appreciate it. Thank you, and you stay classy, folks.